You're tuned in to In the Know with HLSCC, a podcast series that keeps you in the know of all things happening at the college. How do I use my associate's degree? How do I use my certificate? What's happening around campus? Find out all you need to know and more with conversations and updates from faculty, staff, and students with In the Know. Hey guys, you're tuned in to In The Know Podcast with HLSCC. I'm your host, Bria Smith. This is a platform where matters related to the institution are addressed and highlighted, and we take a deep dive into student life, providing you with tips for surviving college, Virgin Island studies, and lots more. It is an extraordinary and unprecedented time around the world as we all grapple with the uncertainty of the current novel coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past several days, H. Lavity Style Community College's first priority has been and will continue to be keeping our students, faculty, staff, and wider community safe and healthy, all the while ensuring that students receive a full education in the process. That's why in this week's episode, we're joined by Faculty Association Representative Ms. Lynette Lewis and e-learning and technology manager Mr. Sergio Estridge to discuss how the institution's faculty is making the necessary adjustments to cater to online learning. Additionally, stay tuned for a statement by Acting President Dr. Richard Georges on recent coronavirus COVID-19 developments. It's time to get in the know. Hi, Lynette. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Bria. So I think we are all aware that this is an extraordinary and unprecedented time throughout the entire world. Um, but more specifically, here in the BVI, um, the HLVD South Community College has taken the initiative to transfer learning from in-person and taking it to online. And that has to be some sort of a shift for faculty. <laughs> I mean, we, we have had classes online, you know, we've actually begun the process of shifting things online from before with Cengage and implementing online textbooks, but to shift entire learning to online has to be very difficult. And I actually wanted to find out just how faculty, uh, how are they managing and what are some of the steps that they're taking to actually be prepared for this? Okay, yeah, it is a, quite a bit of a challenge um, because now we're so accustomed of getting up in front of our classrooms, meeting with our students. Um, but I can say that one important thing about all of this is that fa faculty, we're just being flexible because we realize this is something that we have to do. We have to figure it out. We don't have a choice. Um, so we're going to get it. We're, gonna be, there's going to be hiccups and bumps, but we're going to get through this. So, and it's not like we're in the dark because we do have quite a bit of faculty here already that has been utilizing technology in the classroom. So it's just about, for some of us at least, it's for ramping that up a little bit more, taking it to the next level. Nice. And for those that didn't necessarily have a smooth transition into the, um, the use of technology into the classroom, how are they managing? What are some of the things that's being done to help them? Well, we are actually right now having training sessions. So we have um, 
a resident online specialist, if I can call him that, (laughs) Mr. Estridge, he's been really instrumental in this process. So he's been holding workshops which with each of the departments to ensure that we feel comfortable using the technology. And he's been teaching us some tips and tricks to ensure that or lessons on there we can be interactive, uh, different assessments we can provide to students online. Um, and just being there and being able to support each other is also important in this process. I think that's pretty amazing. And it kind of now brings a question. I know you probably can't answer this question too much but with this now we're kind of gonna have everybody know how to use online learning and that is sort of a push towards distance learning Uh and um, the college doesn't have distance learning at this time what do you think or what are your views on something like that well if I think back a little bit we didn't have full-on distance learning but uh, back in the day, <laughs> I'm speaking like I'm, I'm that old, but back in the day, we, I actually used to teach a course where I would stream over to Virgin, Virgin Gorda. Um, so we had technology back then and now things are just getting a whole lot better. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this is opening a door. I mean, we're being forced through it right now, but it's opening a door for those sorts of things to be able to reach a wider audience. Um, We can have more blended classes even once we get past this stage that we're in right now. Um, And there may be a lot more people interested in taking certain courses that we have without having to come to the campus. So that would be ideal. So what are some of the platforms that's being used currently for the students with the online learning? Well, we've had, we have Microsoft 365 and through that platform, we have access to Teams so we can have video chats with our classes through there. Um, We also utilize Moodle. Moodle basically is an online platform that allows us to do a whole host of things. So we can um, put our lectures on there. If you wanted to share links, videos with them, we can use that platform. The students can upload work for us to assess on that platform. It's perfect for discussion forums and announcements. Um, There's quite a few features on there. And there's also this new plugin, um, which is essentially a whiteboard, which would allow for, especially in those really technical classes like math or chemistry, where the instructor can write on the board so that the students can see and participate in it. Um, So in addition to having their textbooks online, they're also using all of these resources to um, get the full classroom, quote unquote, experience. It's it's really, it's really interesting and and fun, um, (laughs) if I can say that, um, getting into it and figuring out how to develop these platforms in a way where we can capture all our students. So one of the biggest concerns I'm sure a lot of persons have is accessibility. And in this this regard, accessibility to the internet, what are some of the measures that's being put in place to perhaps try and assist persons who may or may not have access to uh, internet connection at home? That's a really, really good question. And it's something that I think the institution on a whole has thought a lot about. Um, So we're actually you know, in the process of reaching out to our students to find out where they're at. What are your needs? Do you have 
access the internet? Do you have uh, a device that you can use to support online learning? Finding out that information and then based on that information we co we're collecting, we're seeing how best we can help them. For example, if we get the all clear, of course, based on what's going on with government, um, for students to be on campus, there's a possibility to allow for them to utilize the labs in very controlled numbers for those who need access. Um, that would be perfect to really supplement learning and, make, and making sure that no student is left behind in this process. And what about the faculty? Because, um, you know, some persons may not have internet at home either. That's so <laughs> what would be the measures if put in place for them? Would it be the same? It's pretty much the same. Um, faculty can come up and use their, their computers at, at work. Um, for adjuncts, no, they don't have set desks or computers, but we do have all the labs available. And because some people have the ability now and would need to work from home, whether to stay with their kids or whatever the situation is, we now have a bit more computers that might be free. So adjunct lecturers or other faculty members can just come in, jump on there and, and start prepping for their classes, whether it's recording videos or that sort of thing. Wow. Well, everything seems pretty thorough. And I like that. Um, is there anything else perhaps you would like to share with regards to what's going on with faculty? Well, oh, yes. Actually, <laughs> this semester, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens now. But this semester, we've been doing a bit of fundraising. We've probably been around and, you know, had a bit of our cakes, roti oh, yeah. and things like that. We're doing a bit of a fundraiser because we would like to have a faculty dinner to sort of encourage, again, boost morale, encourage faculty um, and encourage us to, you know, keep working hard and keep doing the work that we do because sometimes, you know, you can feel unnoticed. Yeah. So we're kind of patting ourselves <laughs> on the back to encourage each other that the work that we do is important. We're molding lives and that is a big role to play and something that we shouldn't take lightly so it's we're working on this dinner as a form of encouragement mm -hmm. you know to keep boost morale and keep faculty going um it might be postponed i'm not sure yet but we'll we'll see what happens as time progresses was this by any chance a part of the 30th anniversary it just so works out <laughs> that you know it's happening in the 30th year <laughs> So it was a bit of a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. But an, a nice sort of annual trend to start on mm. this big anniversary year for us. I agree. But now I, I want to shift the conversation a bit and find out more about what you do um, with the Faculty Association, right? Okay. Um, so tell us a bit more about that. Okay, so the Faculty Association is basically in place to ensure that the needs of the faculty are being met and to boost morale among the faculty. So in essentially to make sure we're a family up here yeah. um, and we're being treated fairly. <laughs> so that's it. That's it in a, in a nutshell. Okay, so what are some of the things that you guys have done so far? Um, what are some of the things? Of course, we've been having... Um, meetings and not a whole lot but we keep in contact using different um technology of course <laughs> um it's very important um one of my roles have been pretty much i am now a member of the president's cabinet so my role there essentially is to go to the meetings and and 
sort of rally on behalf of the faculty, bring any concerns that they may have um, and that sort of thing to ensure that our voice is heard. Um, last semester, we actually took the opportunity for World Teachers Day to go over to Anigata. So we, we had a little treat for ourselves, but we were also supported by Clarence Thomas as well. Um, we went over and we did, uh, we helped the Claudia Creaky Educational Center over there. So we painted, painted a classroom and with the help of Clarence Thomas, we donated supplies. So we wanted to do a little bit of community outreach. Um, that was our goal again for this semester, but you know, <laughs> Things change. Things sometimes. change. Yeah. Totally um, so, so we're and we're looking a lot at how we can support the community and what ways we can support our students as well. All the while, sort of building the connection between all of the faculty members here. Uh, that sounds pretty exciting. And I know a lot of times teachers often feel unappreciated. So the initiatives that you guys are taking, that's amazing, and I, I applaud you. I applaud all the faculty here at H. Lavadi Community College. I just want to encourage you guys to keep it up because when teachers are happy, students are happy. That is so true. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Lynette. No problem. Thank you again for having me. All right, and now we're here with Sergio Estridge, who has been responsible in ensuring that the faculty members are trained on all the different platforms to be used with regards to the college going online. Welcome, Mr. Estridge. Uh, thank you, Bria. So I want to ask, because we were just speaking with Miss Lynette Lewis, and she told us that there was a series of workshops going on where you were training uh, faculty members or faculty on how to use platforms such as Teams and all those different type of platforms that the teachers will have to use during this transition time. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, we have several different platforms, but uh, three of the major ones we focus on at this point is a learning management platform, which is called Moodle, which is uh, a dynamic learning environment. And that's the, the main platform that we have been using actually for several years uh, to deliver more blended or hybrid courses. Um, and so we have since actually last year, we had integrated Moodle with Microsoft Office, uh, Office 365. And um, so a student can log into Moodle using their 365 account and there's a block in the Moodle itself that has links straight out to several of the Office 365 uh, platforms. Just as you mentioned Teams, mm -hmm. Teams is one of those platforms in Microsoft Office 365, which is uh, one of the, the, the benefits of that is you can do video conferencing uh, with your class and also set up uh, chats and so forth. So you could have live synchronous discussion with your class and live interaction with your class uh, via Teams. Uh, whereas Moodle, you can, you can do some live stuff too, but really that's the platform that you will lay out uh, your units and so forth, and it will be flowing cohesively uh, within whether topically or weekly, and students can just land there and know how to flow through the course. And then the other one, other platform 
it's a same gauge, uh, which is uh, most of that is a lot of the ebooks. And so again, we students can just go to the, the course Moodle site and there's a, a hyperlink on there that takes them directly to the Cengage ebook. Uh, so we have integrated all three of those platforms. And, and one other thing in, in the Office 365 platform uh, we were looking at was uh, Microsoft Stream. Now this is one way uh, you can, the faculty can upload videos and then uh, share that link again on their Moodle site or even get the embed code and embed the video off of that. So uh, we've been doing a lot of different platforms. And one more thing I can add in is uh, PowerPoint. I know most people may use it just uh, you know, statically, uh, but we have demonstrated to the faculty how they can actually record their voice over their PowerPoint slide and even embed their own video of themselves as they elaborate going through a specific PowerPoint, save that as a video, upload it to Microsoft Stream, and then share it again on the Moodle site or via the, the email, you know, the hyperlink, or they can embed it on the sites. So during this workshop process, what were some of the things that you noticed with the faculty? Because for the most part, for some of the faculty, this is somewhat new. So what were some of the things that you noticed during that process? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you know, it, it will be a diverse body there. So there are some who are quite keen on the platform because they have been using it over uh, many years, actually. Um, so, but more in a blended format. You know, but right now we're going fully online. So some of that, although they have been using the platforms, uh, in a blended uh, format uh, or hybrid. Uh, going online takes a lot of preparation um, and we know it's a critical situation right now so we just had to do a lot of things fast track. Mm -hmm. uh, not to say it will be the norm <laughs> but you know you have to do something like that to, to get as much of the courses online to take us through this critical uh, period that we all are facing. And so, you know, because of that diverse body, some may have known certain things uh, already, um, but I'm sure they themselves will tell you there was some new stuff <laughs> that they, that they, uh, they, they, they learned during that, that, those sessions. And then, as you mentioned, maybe some may not have been using it uh, that much. <clears throat> However, we, most courses, we had already set up Moodle sites prior to this situation. So uh, most people would have had a site. Uh, it may not have been used as much as um, others, but uh, those who are fairly new, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they're getting there, you know, and, and it's not, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's challenging sometimes depending on what the platform is and, and all of that kind of stuff. But as they progress, you know, they, they will they will get adapted to that eventually, you know, over the time. I always say training is not a one-off situation because sometimes people may think that you just have one training session and that's it. So we, we try to squeeze in that one week. We try to do like two sessions per department. So we had to kind of split up departmental. So um, 
and then we try to go through that stuff like that I buy departments and also sour affected chicken some people we did one and one also so like you're saying maybe those who are pretty new we I, we still try to give them some one-on-one -on -one after those general sessions well I just want to close out with this last question because um, it begs the question now of what is the future of technology in the classrooms because as you mentioned we are now kind of like in a rush kind of state of trying to adapt pretty quickly yeah. but now how do we move forward in ensuring that technology is integrated in the classroom so that if anything of this magnitude is to ever occur again or not even so just moving into the technological age right. are we prepared for that right and that's a very good question because we already had a at the college level here, uh, <clears throat> we have uh, drafted a pilot implementation plan for piloting courses fully online uh, uh, and blended, uh, which was supposed to actually kick off last fall. Oh. Um, and then uh, that, because of different situations, that didn't um, come into fruition but you know we we readjusted the timelines and so forth and and we were anticipating for this fall and then here comes this situation yeah. and everything comes but like you said now, now in a plan like that you know I have several phases in there um what should be done at different phases um for example like the first phase it's you know de developing policies and guidelines that will wrap around what we're doing technologically mm -hmm. so we can't just as we're doing right now in the haste throw things up there yeah. with any without any policies about various different aspects of it for example um how, how are we going to be doing assessment online um <clears throat> although you may have electronic quizzes that can just grade quickly um you have to bear in mind is it john doe actually taking, taking that quiz, quiz yeah. you know um, or somebody else did it for him right so um, how you know guidelines on how you deal with um, situations like that um, you know other guidelines on different things and then so then you in you have other phases you know setting up where um, instructors get proper training or even help with developing the content ahead of time and so that if anyone gets on that site, the content is there. It's, it's not like you have to do it um, rushing or anything like that. It's, it's done in a, in, a, in a very good fashion. Um, and then we have to bear in mind, as a college, as an institution, online takes us out to yeah. the world. Okay? And so sometimes people may minimize what we, we, we are doing and think that we're just focusing on the students here in the BVI, but from the college's vision and mission, it says we should be the regional institution of choice. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can do such a thing is by being online, I would say, um, because students are not going to travel from different countries in to take classes um, in that manner, depending on the courses. Um, and and we as an institution to try to to reach as much students as we can via this mechanism, you know. So um, so going forward online for the college is gonna encompass all of that, you know. And then so 
we do have the plan, you know, and we are going through that plan. But now this is a little ad hoc stuff yeah. in between. So it's a good we, training. Yeah, good training <laughs> or a little jump start training. Jump start, yeah. But then, then we, like you're saying now, we're going to have to fine tune stuff. So we can't think that, okay, yeah, we have classes now online and that's it. That's how it's going to be. We, we have to have certain standards even on the sites that we have up um, because we may have varying stuff right now because people at different levels, like you said, or, or because of the haste. We have to do some things in a hasty manner, but uh, we're going to curtail that, clean it all up, um, and try to put some out there in the fall, you know, in the clean manner. <laughs> and then one of the phases in there is to actually get feedback from those who we pilot. Yeah. So it will be uh, a cycle, you know. So um, you know, once we get that feedback, we're going to know, okay, where, what, where we need to improve and that kind of stuff and keep cleaning it up as we go every year is going to be a clean up <laughs> you know we never arrive hope that's that answers it yeah. that answers it perfectly okay. all good things great information for persons to know yeah. and I just want to thank you for coming and joining with us and having this conversation and thank you for inviting me good day I am Acting President Dr. Richard Georges. By now, you're all aware that last night, the government of the Virgin Islands confirmed the first two imported cases of COVID-19 in the territory. As a measure to ensure public safety and to limit the potential of community spread, the government has instituted a curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. from yesterday, 25th of March, to Friday, 27th of March, 2020. Moving forward from Friday night, the territory will be on a 24-hour curfew to the 2nd of April in the first instance. This has a few implications for the way the college has been operating through this crisis. Teaching moved online on the 23rd of March, following Artis' decision to suspend face-to-face -face teaching. Since then, only staff carrying out essential activities and faculty in need of resources have been on campus, and students have been asked to remain at home. We will persist in our commitment to our students completing the spring semester. However, from Friday, all employees, aside from campus security, must stay at home. Since we began online teaching due to the coronavirus pandemic, our deans and department heads have been closely monitoring the process and assisting faculty and students alike. We believe that carrying our students to the end of the academic year, whenever that may be, is the right decision to have been made and we strongly believe that we possess the tools to provide the best possible learning environment considering the conditions. All community members should continue to follow official guidelines from the Ministry of Health and Social Development. Just to recap our actions so far, on the 13th of March, we issued a memorandum extending spring break for all college students until March 22nd to ensure a smooth transition to online learning. Full-time and adjunct faculty reported to work on the 16th of March to begin the process of transitioning their classes and to undergo workshops on various platforms to use for instruction. At this time, I must applaud and commend the heads of department and faculty for their efforts and continued patience during this time. You continue to do an exceptional job to ensure that we are ready to serve our students during this period from the transition of traditional instruction to a fully online learning experience. I know many of you are feeling uncertain and unsure right now. I know you have concerns and questions. That is why we, the staff and administration of HLSCC, 
will continue to keep all lines of communication open to inform you of all latest developments. We ask that you continue to keep abreast by checking your college's emails and platforms, WhatsApp groups, and social media accounts for updates. All of the previous advice regarding best preventative practices remains important and heedful. I encourage you all to remain vigilant and to reinforce health and safety measures at home. As always, we will get through this current trial by relying on each other and that indomitable spirit that comes through faith and hard work. I look forward to the day when we greet each other again and resume the work of building a better Virgin Islands. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to In The Know, a podcast that keeps you updated and informed of all that's happening at H. Lafferty South Community College. I have been your host, Bria Smith. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Director of Virgin Island Studies Institute, Mrs. Bernadine Louie, as she highlights the legendary men responsible for the territory's legislative council. <laughs>